Welcome to the creative brain of Dean Hawk. Get ready to be challenged, inspired, and equipped to become a better ministry leader. Hey, this is Dean Hawk, and today I'm excited to have my own very dearest special guest. My wife, Kim, is here today. Hopefully you're watching by video so you can see us and her. And uh, so welcome, Kim. First time on the podcast. It is my first time. This is the first time I've been invited, though. Well, that, that, that could be. Hey, uh, we want to jump right into it today, and, and we're going to be talking about the marriage ministry maze. And how do you navigate that? And uh, before we dive into some of that, we want to give you a little background about us and and our marriage. So we've been married 34 years. We have three adult children in their mid and late 20s that live all over the country. And um, basically, we're empty nesters. Woohoo! And a little too excited about that. So we've enjoyed every phase of our life, but this has been now definitely one of our favorites. And, and here's one of the things I see happening with, with couples all the time, and it, it even happens in ministry couples, is if you have not built your marriage on the right foundation, I see so many couples that when the last kid leaves, the husband and wife look at each other and they're like, Right. Uh, I don't have anything in common anymore. Their, their relationship was built on either the ministry and their career, or they built it around their kids. And when the kids are gone, they have a stale and stagnant relationship. I would agree. And and so they end up they end up in kind of a, a lot of times even divorce, and we've fallen out of love. And and you know I've always wondered how do you how do you divorce somebody after 20, 30 years? But it happens all the time, and it didn't happen overnight. It's been a slow a two degree uh, two degrees is not that much of a separation, but two degrees over twenty years or ten years you become uh, a long distance apart. So today we want to start with talking about keys to doing marriage and ministry well. And we don't have all the answers. We're going to tell you lots of things we did wrong and things we're trying to do right, but we still struggle. It's it's something that I don't think you ever say, I've arrived. It's kind of like parenting. You think you've got it all together and then something else comes up that you have to deal with. So um, our first one. Well, the key is establishing your priority system. And I know as pastors and ministers and leaders, we all know this. God is first. Our spouse is second, our children are third, and our career comes last. And But I, I think one of the hap- things that we do as ministers is we super spiritualize it and we say we're doing God's work. And so when our lives get out of balance, we tend to... Justify. Justify is a good word. We justify that we are, we are the man of God and we're doing God's work and, and so forth. I think people, I think ministers teach this from the platform all the time. I think living it out is just as hard for people in your congregation as it is for you, but potentially could even be more challenging for ministers. Um, But we're not exempt from having that same value system that we should have that in our families, that putting God first. And I think putting God in ministry synonymous is not accurate. True. And I mean, if those of you remember years ago when Benny Hinn's marriage was in trouble, I remember listening to him when he was uh, speaking from California and he said, I put ministry first and it was a mistake. He put ministry before his, his marriage. He put ministry before his children and, and he lived the repercussions of that. And, and so I want to be the marriage that, that, that lasts in ministry and that we do ministry well together. And so uh, let's just talk about how do, we, how do we live that out in the ministry arena. If I'm going to put God first as my ultimate source, 
We have to each make sure that we're having that daily time with the Lord together. Um, I forgot to bring it with me, but if I, if I could put it this way, if you can picture a triangle, those of you who are watching can see my hands. If we're picturing a triangle, at the top of the triangle is, is God, and then on each of the left and right triangles is husband the hus- and husband and wife. The world says the way you have a great relationship is if you, you pursue each other and you pursue a relationship with each other. If you'll take that triangle and honey point to my fingers, if the husband is growing towards their relationship with God and the wife is growing in their relationship with God, guess what? As we are growing together, we are automatically growing closer to us because we're intersecting with inter- God. Intersecting with God. And right. Ecclesiastes says a three-chord strand is not easily broken. And my daily time with God has got to be a priority because if I am asking my spouse to do more than what that's supposed to do, that relationship is different. That relationship is earthly. And I have to be growing towards Jesus because as wonderful as my husband is, he's not, Thank a, you, baby. he's not a good Jesus. And so if I'm looking to him to fulfill those things in my life and those needs, women, uh, that is going to be a challenge because that's not how God designed it. He didn't design them to fulfill every single need. God is, is your... Is our source. That's right. And so what I see happening a lot of times is couples are saying, you make me happy. You pull me out of my darkness. You make me joyful. Or you, you make me upset or you make me miserable or you make me, you know. And so as we're coming to God and we're allowing him to fill that within us, um, it, it causes me to come to the relationship with, I'm not here to take and here's what I need. I'm here to give and I'm here to serve. It says in Ephesians 3.16, it says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources that he will empower you with inner strength through right. the Spirit. It's not Kim's res- responsibility. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him uh, our, our trust is in Him, and your roots will grow down, will grow down into God's love, and keep you strong. That's good. The way I stay strong is by staying grounded, and that you might have the power to understand all that God's people should. How wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is for us. And it says, then you will be made complete with all fullness of life and power that comes from God. So it doesn't come from me. No, sorry, babe comes from God. We need to pull on that from each other and draw upon that life. So don't just be looking at your spouse to meet all your needs. You need to be looking at the Father. Amen. All right. So number two is we want to make a priority in our relationship. And and we, if you think we have this figured out, it, it's and really ministry career is no different than any other career that is is demanding. But I would say one of our greatest struggles is keeping our priorities in balance and not allowing the ministry and the work of the ministry and the job to consume our day, our time, our conversations. And so what are some things that we do that you like? So I think that we, um, it looks a little different each week, but we daily have some sort of connection. Even if it's just two or okay. three minutes, we're sure that 
all the business busyness is gone and we make time for each other. We weekly have a date. And we did this even when the children, when they were tiny, I know we didn't. We couldn't afford to go to Taco Bell even. I couldn't afford a babysitter. That's about it. But, um, but we weekly went on a date together and then um, we yearly take a honeymoon. And so we've continued that tradition now. And we didn't start for a while. I, I think we really got the hang of it well as the children got a little older and I felt more comfortable leaving them. That the well, honeymoon we'd, we'd part leave them a, with grandparents. Right? And, and, and so here's what I would tell you. Take your family vacation during the summer, but when the kids are in school and it makes it a little easier on grandma or Defines aunt or yeah. who, who can take care of them, I am telling you it transformed our marriage when we said one time a year it is going to be she and I, we are going to get away. Uh, we prefer to take a week and we would save up. So we didn't drive new cars. We didn't drive the latest and, and have the latest gizmos and gadgets, we heavily invest out of our personal budget in vacation time so that we could get away and have seven days together once a year, and then we took our family time during during the week. And sometimes it was three or four days. It wasn't always sure. seven days, but that was amazing what sure. it was. Now, on, I will say on our weekly get-togethers, our weekly dates, something that we've did, and we sometimes do this and other times we haven't, but I like it when we do. We take turns picking what we're going to do. So I've gone to gun shows, just saying. She loved it. Yeah. And so then he had to, to decide other weeks, he had to go do what I want to do, which might be to sit in Barnes & Noble, which are hard to find these days, but you could sit in, in a bookstore and, and do something really quiet. And or it was so much fun. Go hiking. We would go hiking. And so we take turns. Every other week, it would be that person's, uh, they would plan the date, which is kind of fun. I didn't mind doing stuff as long as I felt like I was included. It kind in of became a competition. Can Who can outdo? And and we kind of set a budget that, you know, it's not like I'm saying, let's go for filet mignon, and she's saying, let's have a rice and beans, you know, at home. Um, but here's something that's crucial in your daily time together, because I know a lot of you still are in the middle of parenting. And here's what's crucial. Have a time, uh, if, if, if your kids, you know, set a schedule. I always look at parents that their kids are up till 10, 11 o'clock at night, and they're only three or four or five years old. I'm like, when do you guys have alone time? And one of the things I admired that Kim did is she put our kids on a schedule. And especially in elementary school, they had their bedtimes. And when they became teenagers, it was, y'all are good. Mom and dad are going to the room and we're going to go have mom and dad time. And that was our time to download, maybe watch a favorite show that we had, a time to connect and, and be husband and wife. And just so men understand this, for women, and a security issue for women is, I think constantly we are probably asking I want to make sure I'm more important than ministry is. Because sometimes if you just put the number of hours spent, it's going to often feel like right. that we are less than. And so I, I'm not looking for equal time, but I am looking for importance. And our, and our actions, men, speak louder than our words of making sure that we are... Uh, uh, it's not going to be equal amount of time, but when we are present, make sure that we are present. Because um, I struggle with that. My head is going... Uh, or your phone's always going off. Yeah. So, all right. Then the other thing is we've just commit to continue to grow our relationship. We've never decided, oh, we've made it. We don't need to learn anything else. And so we read a book, a marriage book. And something that we usually do, we often read and feed ourselves leadership books and other books. But we will sometimes read a marriage book and we'll do it together. And if we don't find time during the year, we'll take it on our vacation with us, on our honeymoon with us. Yeah. And we'll change in, you will read a, a chapter and then talk about it and kind of just slowly go through a uh book. 
book. Or like I remember watching the Love and Respect DVD series, uh, Marriage on the Rock DVD by Jimmy Evans. It's got a 10-part series. Just saying we're going to take one of those a week. Um, if you took those two, I think you would get almost half a year of marriage input and marriage training. And then here's the, here's the last big idea on, on that value system is make sure that you don't give the church and your job the best of your time, the best of your energy, the best of your thoughts, uh, that your members don't absorb that, that you leave something there on the table for, for your relationship with your spouse and then especially with your kids as well. So let's, let's jump over to kids real quick. Okay. So you, you need to tell the story on you. We have a story that uh, Dean will tell on himself because it's, um, I don't want to tell that I took I took a new job, um, new youth pastor, very large church. Uh, I'm, the third, I'm the third man in the fire of, of, uh, in the pastor rotation for on call. And so I'm going above and beyond trying to show that I can do this job. I'm on call in the rotation. And I'm always going on hospital visits and always having the emergency calls come in in the middle of the night and having to get up and go take care of those things. And our son was probably about two and a half, three years old. He was talking at the time. And, and this is after about probably six, 10, 12 months of this. He says to Kim, my son Preston says, Mommy, I wish I was sick and in the hospital. And she said, Preston, why would you say that? What, why would you say that? And he said these words, and when she told them to me, it was like stick a knife in my gut and twist it. My three-year-old son said, because then my daddy would come and see me. He learned that if you're in the hospital, you're a priority. And I was going too hard, too fast, and wasn't learning to say no for my own family and my own boundaries for, for my own relationship. And so that is where I had to, to make a priority and a shift within my heart that, that kids, my kids, are more important than, than my job and career. So kids, I think, often will um, potentially resent that dad's got to be at work all the time. Again, I don't think that ministry is that different other than our timing is different. Sundays, most daddies are home and off. And their daddy, if, if their, their dad's in ministry, is going to go to work. But that can also be evenings. But here's the whammy. Right. Is, is daddy's work is God's work. And if they resent dad's work, now they're also building a resentment towards God. And that's where pastors and ministers, we have to be so, so, so very, very careful that, that we don't, we're not the cause of our kids to stumble and to reject their, their faith in, in Christ. So don't miss your kids' soccer games. Make that a priority. It is just about making boundaries. So if, you're, if you have a text that goes off at 8 or 9 o'clock, maybe that can wait till the next morning. 6 o'clock during dinner, I had a bunch of teenagers at home with my husband, and I had to tell them all, there's no cell phones at the table. And it was just as hard on Daddy as it was on the teenagers at the time. But I, I, you have to have just a free zone of that. So I have a, one of our pastors on staff here has a whole day where he, that the whole afternoon after Sundays, where he turns his phone off and they have a, 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 a no a no, no phone zone. No phone zone, I think is what they call it. So, But you got to plan things. They're not just going to happen. So plan your family nights. Um, pencil them in. If someone says, are you busy that night, and you look down and you, it's free, but you know that Thursday nights, plan your family nights. If Thursday night is your family I would, night. But see, I would say put it on your calendar. Put it on your calendar, right. So that, so that church doesn't drive your calendar. Your priorities drive your calendar. And so for us, I remember Monday night was the night that no one had any practices, no rehearsals, no 
no anything. And that was our one sacred night when our kids got older as teenagers. This is family dinner night. This is when we're all together. But the other thing is people will say then, Pastor Dean, are you busy on Monday night? I need help doing something. He can look at his calendar and if it says family on there because he knows that it's a family night, he would actually look on his calendar and then stop and instead of saying, that's my family night, because most people would assume then you've got time for me. But he didn't. So he would say, you know what? I've already got a commitment that night. Maybe we can do something another time because you don't want to live. Other help people's... me say no easier. There you go. But you don't want to live out there. Someone else's values. You need to live your own. So and here's one of the other things about kids, as I would tell you, is don't make your kids attend every church event. If your kids aren't at a Wednesday night, a Sunday night, a something, something, I, I think sometimes we drive our kids too much and and make them feel like um, they despise church. Right. And, and leaving them some flexibility and some freedom. All right. Next section, establish healthy boundaries in marriage. These are just going to be quick pointers um, because ministry is not a nine-to-five job. It's easy for it to become all-consuming. There's not really a start and a stop time. It's just pretty fluid. So you need to set some boundaries, set the phone down. I think it's, it's, it's important to have no work zones. Um, now we're in a place where Kim and I are empty nesters and we don't have a priority of kids when we get home. So we found that it was easy for us to come home and Both say, of us would work. right, we, we, we got we to gotta finish work. Uh, here's what I would say is the boundary is making sure that each of us, um, her tank and my tank might be at different places at different times of the week and day and, and, and busyness of life, making sure that we're filling each other's uh, emotional love tanks and keeping each other And you bring uh, up fulfilled. a good point because I think it feels different for a man to be shoulder to shoulder and do something with his... Love that. Yeah, with his girlfriend feels amazing. For me, it just... More clarified girlfriend. Well, that'd be me. Yeah. But then I think, though, that doing something like that and going to the gun show, Dean's love tank may be full and I'm thinking... Uh, yeah, that's not even close. That's not what I'm thinking of as a good time. And so I think to communicate those things and not just assume, and I think it's okay. Well, and I think it's important to talk your boundaries out, um, discuss them, because she can't come and say, okay, I've set a boundary, and, and I'm going, but you don't understand. With my schedule, that's going to be hard to fulfill. And so I think having a conversation, pastors and leaders, and share this podcast with your spouse um, having a, a conversation about what are going to be our boundaries. Right. What does that look like? And how does that going to work for us? Yeah, and I don't think you have those that conversation once. No, it's an ongoing conversation. Right? I think you, but every three to six months even we have that because we tend to slip back in certain But here's two, here's two big things on boundaries, and, and we'll, we'll hit on these real quick, is your pastor's day out and your Sabbath. Um, Sunday is a work day for us. Multiple services, meetings, lunches, things. It's a work day. So we shifted. I, I actually have loved this shift. We used to take Mondays out because Sunday was so full. We'd take out Mondays and we had Saturdays. Pastors, I challenge you to work five days. But uh, a year ago, we shifted and said, we're going to make Sunday through Thursday as our staff work week. And we are off Friday and Saturday to have two days back to back um, has been exceptional. And here's what I challenge you. Do your laundry, do your yard work, do your errands, do your shopping, grocery shopping on one of those, on days. One of those days. And if I had kids at home, I would make that day probably uh, potentially uh, Friday is get or done day so that Saturday is, true family day. is a true family day. And there are no expectations other than relax 
enjoy one another, and spend that time together. So Undine's message on his cell phone, if you got his voice message, it done would this say... For a decade. And so I don't know if you've changed it because I don't listen no, to your still message. There. Uh, it'll say, if, if you're calling, uh, this is Dean Hawk, but if you're calling on Friday, that's my day out with my wife, please leave a message. So the people don't anticipate being heard back from later that day. And uh, there'd be one time where he answered the phone because one of our board members called, and then they got on to him. Why are you answering your phone? I was going to leave you a message. That's the whole reason I called. So it's not nice when someone else will uh, keep your feet to the fire on that. Well, and when we establish and let our boundaries be known and place our, right. our values and priorities, um, people respect that. People will override uh, your personal time unless you establish those boundaries in your life. But if I can tell, Undine, last week, I remember, maybe it was the week before, I remember by Thursday afternoon, I he, he was keeping track of his hours. He knew he'd already worked 60 hours that week. And so I remember texting him and saying, you must have something really great planned for Friday and Saturday, because I sure haven't seen you since last Saturday. And, I, and we have seasons. And then we had, there's seasons of busyness, but I do track my hours because uh, I'm just a, a go personality and if I'm not tracking, uh, it was just last week, by, by Wednesday night, I had had four 12-hour-plus days in a row, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I was pushing 40, 50 hours at, by Wednesday night of the week. And I said, you know what? I think, I've, I think I'm maxed out. I've got a few things to finish up on Thursday, but I'm going to take some extra time out. Andy Stanley said this. He says, I've given God 45 hours and said, God, I believe you can do what you want to do in those 45 hours. And, and it's keeping that balance in our lives. So we guard that Fridays and Saturdays right now like crazy, and it used to be Mondays, but we decided to defend our home. So um, that is a sacred place for us. And our home, something that we've always chosen to, to do and not do, some of the things are... Um, it's just always a safe place, and it's a place where we let our hair down. So we've never allowed anyone to live with us. Um, we would say other than family, but we've somehow skirted that as well. Well, here's here's what I would tell you is is I've heard of too many ministers. In our in our next session, we're going to get into some some defense things. Uh, so plan on coming back next month and listening to part two. But uh, here's one of the key ways that we've defended our home is for years and years of our church, we've had this slogan, everyday ministry by everyday believers. Right. Too many pastors build a codependent relationship with their people, that the people come to them for advice, the people come to them uh, uh, for prayer, the people come to them because they have a decision to make. And Jethro said to Moses, "You, what you're doing is not good, uh, Moses. You're going to wear yourself out. And I will mention one of our all-time favorite books is by Pastor Wayne Cordero, and it's called Leading, Leading on. on Empty. I, I command you to read that book if you have not read it. I give it out to pastors all the time. It has helped us navigate keeping ourselves full, keeping our marriage full, keeping our walk with God full so that we are, we are ministering from that perspective. So we've decided that... Uh, well, we've looked back, and there are so few people that call us. I would say three to five phone calls a year do we get a call at home at night from a member that is in need. And they're true emergencies at that point because they've been taught that we're no special prayer hookup to Jesus, but they can call their friend, they can call um, someone that they're doing life with, someone within the church, and although we're happy to take those calls, sure, they are, um, I, they're I, just not needy. My we favorite example is a pediatrician came to church on Sunday, and she's got her hand in a cast and I said what happened to you she said oh I had surgery on Wednesday and she said 
we were going to call you on Tuesday night for prayer, but I just said, his prayer is no better than yours, Bert. You pray, and let's pray for the surgery. We don't need Pastor Dean to pray. To me, that was a celebration that they recognized their faith and their prayers make a difference, just as mine does. And last, I would just say, pastors, be sure that you communicate your values from the platform. So however you can wiggle those in into your messages on occasion, it just communicates that my family is important because if you are preaching one thing and living another, they'll notice. Okay, thanks, babe. We'll be back next next month with the Marriage Ministry Maze Part 2. Uh, be sure and check out DeanHawk.com. We've got some free downloads of sermons, sermon outlines. It's all free, uh, PowerPoints, and just take my notes, make them better, and uh, help you get launched in what you're doing there. God bless you and your marriage. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us today. For a free sermon series and teaching outlines by Pastor Dean, visit us at DeanHawk.com. Be sure and join us next month as we continue our growth on leadership.